Hello and welcome to another episode of the Speak the Truth podcast. Today's episode is being sponsored by Song Finch. Thank you, Song Finch, for sponsoring today's episode. Now, I have some really interesting stuff to talk to you about. The IDF has unofficially set a date to go into Lebanon, and tensions are pretty high up in that region. Will the IDF actually go in? It's something that we are going to take a look at today. I have some really interesting video footage for you that we're going to kick today off with. And then following that footage, we're going to go in to talk about a little of the things that are happening out in California. Because apparently in Long Beach, they felt that six hours was worth Long Beach City's time to call for a ceasefire. So we're going to be going over all that in today's episode. And um, I'll be honest with you, I just really look forward to this episode. So let's go ahead and kick this sucker off. All right, so let's take a look at these two videos that we have pulled up on our screen. The first video that I'm going to play for you is insurgents setting up a couple different IEDs in order to trap the IDF and to kill IDF soldiers. Now, the next video that's going to be following is the IDF soldiers that actually killed and captured the video off these particular terrorists themselves. Let's give it a look. So here we can see the terrorists digging out their little area where they want to place their IED at. Notice what they are all dressed like, and you have three of them in particular that are out setting this up. Now I'm going to silence it so that you guys can hear me a little better because they don't actually do any talking whatsoever throughout this video that you can hear. But this is, again, captured what they're calling GoPro footage or anything like that that these fighters were using to set and place these IEDs. Now, I do believe that this is a very good IED cell, that's setting this up. They obviously have a little bit of training. This just wasn't handed to them. And I'll explain it to you in just a second when we get back to where they're going. Now, there they are running a command wire to go all the way out to the ID in order to set it off so it's not going to be victim-operated from where it's at. Looks like a directional mine itself. Okay, so that thing likely is filled with a bunch of ball bearings or shrapnel. It's going to blast out and go towards the troops as they walk down that alley. And, of course, it being in an alleyway, all those, those metal fragments are just going to come off. Now, what you see him hooking up here inside this video is very important. What he's actually doing is testing the continuity of the lines, all right? He's, one, making sure that the thing is firing with enough voltage in order to set it off, like as far as that goes, and then he's also going to be testing the lines to make sure he has continuity throughout those lines, i.e. there is no crossing of the wire, so that IED is 100% going to go off. That's just not something that your average guy that's handed stuff is going to actually do um, when he goes out. So the guy likely knows about electrical circuits and everything else. It's it's the guy has a little bit of training. Now this next video is the IDF rolling in on them. Let's take Man, fire him. So here we can see the IDF actually like moving up this stairwell. And that's, if you've ever fought in a stairwell, you know, that's a very crappy spot to be in. It's not somewhere where you want to be fighting, but still they continue to press on moving up the stairwell, going after those, those three guys that set up that IED. Yes. 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 Yes.
שלישית. Now, as they're pulling out of that building, obviously, sorry, they started taking more fire, so they returned fire. And they backed out because they're fighting up a stairwell, and it sucks. They chucked a frag, didn't really get the job done. Could they have pushed a little bit harder? Sure. Are they infantry troops that probably aren't as trained on stairwells as you would like them to be? Absolutely. Okay, and that's probably their excuse for pulling out and, and moving backwards. If you're asking why they're just continuing to fire in the building, likely they're attempting to keep them pinned down. You have two options in battle, move forward, move backwards, but never sit still. When you sit still, that's when things end up going the wrong way. So now they're calling in tank support. Now, they just use those tanks, level the building. They end up going in afterwards, finding the bodies, and then off the bodies, they end up pulling this footage of them and placing that IED. Whether or not that IED was targeting just the uh, IDF troops that were on the ground or if it was found from being in place earlier on, God only knows, uh, to be truthfully honest, I, I feel like it's an older video of them actually in placing it and going out. Now, interesting to note when we go over and we look at these videos, um, let me pause that for a sec and pull it up on your screen. Interesting to know, look at what those people are wearing in that video, okay? And again, I told you, these are actually seasoned guys, okay? Going over and setting up that IED. They're pretty seasoned guys. They're using it in a choke point, okay? They're not just putting it out on a big street. They put it inside of a little alleyway where they're likely to try to draw the IDF troops to come down into that alleyway. So their placement of the device within itself is like really well thought out, okay? They did a good job camouflaging it before they just walked away from it. They actually tested the wires. They did all of those things. And with that being said, these are seasoned fighters that actually emplaced this IED. They know what the hell they're doing, but still they're wearing civilian attire. Why? Because they're able to, they're, they're able to move freely throughout their environment that they're operating in. And they're less likely to encounter IDF troops as they're dressed like that, which allows them to emplace that particular IED. Now, the question then comes whether or not they're being counted in that civilian quote-unquote death toll that the PHA continues to push out. And the answer likely is yes, okay, that the PHA is counting them as civilian deaths. So the question really is, who the hell has an accurate count of, of who is being schwacked and who isn't over in there? And can we actually trust the PHA, right? I don't trust them. I, I can't. It's, it's just impossible to, for them to know wholeheartedly to say that these 20,000 civilians that they're claiming that have been killed are actually civilians. It's, it's damn near impossible for them to know. All right, now this one that I have pulled up on your screen, this is the Houthis. Now, for those that don't know, the United States actually put together a coalition of the willing to hold down the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden, and it includes countries from the UK all the way down to the Seychelles Islands, okay? So there is a lot of people that are now going to be enforcing the area within the Red Sea. And in response, this is what the Houthis end up putting out. All right. They mobilize a shit ton of people uh, in order to combat that. Now, I'm just going to mute it so you don't have to listen to people shouting Allah Akbar and everything else, whatever the hell it is that they're doing. But these are the Houthis moving up over into that territory, thinking that the U.S. is going to invade Yemen. Okay, and likely the U.S. is not going to invade Yemen. Likely what's bound to happen is the U.S. is going to bomb the ever-living hell out of them. 
All right. But again, the U.S. hasn't done that yet, and neither has the coalition. All they've done is moved into the area right, and protecting ships moving through those trade routes in international waters. And again, you know, these Houthi rebels last week attacked a ship that they said was on its way to Israel, when in fact it wasn't even on its way to Israel. It was on its way to Saudi Arabia. All right. The Houthis also claimed that they ended up striking it with missiles. No, they did not. They actually missed the ship. All right. And, and we know all of this information, and yet they continue to target those ships. Now, that because of what they're doing, it's actually forcing people along that trade route to go all the way around the southern tip of Africa to get up over into Europe because they're, they, they, they're trying to scare people and shut it down. It's terrorism. It's textbook, textbook terrorism. But it's not, in my opinion, it's not working out for them. It's not effective because there's still plenty of ships that are going through it. Now, there's lots of them that are being rerouted. And what's that going to cause? It's going to cause inflation and prices and things like that to get hiked and jacked up in Europe. And the EU is going to see inflated prices now because of what they're doing. So it's best in the EU's interest at a minimum to get control over this, to keep the prices down. Additionally, okay, they're going to kill somebody. All right. Uh, so far, they haven't done it yet. All right. But eventually they will. Several ships have been struck with cruise missiles. Several ships have caught fire. <laughs> Eventually, it's going to cause problems. All right, eventually, we're going to see civilian deaths because of this. And so it needs to be addressed. And the question is, when the hell are we actually going to do something proactive about it versus reactive, what we have been seeing? Now, the Washington Post, in their infinite wisdom, has just released an article yesterday claiming that the Shifa hospital was, in fact, not a terrorist headquarters for Hamas. So let's take a look at some of the main things that come out. Now, this comes from War Crime Watch. Um, that ended up giving us here a summary of the post-analysis. They said, the rooms connected to the tunnel network discovered by IDF troops showed no immediate evidence of military use by Hamas. Well, no shit, for lack of better terms. No shit. The IDF was on the outskirts of that hospital, duking it out with Hamas and giving civilians a chance to leave the area, opening up corridors and everything else. You know, those tunnels underneath the hospital actually leave and stretch and go out and have several blast doors and everything else. That gave Hamas the opportunity to pack up all their sensitive material, everything that they had underneath there, and move out. So no shit, they don't have them inside of there. It still doesn't make it any less a legitimate military target to take command of. So the Washington Post is being very intellectually dishonest when they state that there is no immediate evidence of military use. That's absolutely garbage. There is evidence that they were in there. There's evidence in the fighting that took place less than a block away from the Shifa hospital. Prolonged fighting that took place less than a block away from the Shifa hospital. We have dead hostages in near proximity. In addition to that, we have video evidence that Hamas was using the hospital itself. This is not doctored video footage. It's direct evidence. Then they go on to say none of the five hospital buildings identified by Hagari appeared to be connected to the tunnel network. That is, again, a complete and blatant lie, in my opinion, because there is undeniable proof and evidence that, the, that these tunnels are connected on hospital grounds and run underneath the building itself. So, again, intellectual dishonesty. There is no evidence the tunnels could be accessed from inside the hospital wards. Again, no shit. You're talking about a multi-story structure, okay, and underground tunnels. They're not going to have an elevator shaft that goes from the freaking ER or from wherever down into the tunnel network. That's just not how it works, okay? It's intellectually dishonest for them to state things like that, and it needs to stop, all right? That's where it needs to stop. So again, Washington Post, you put out some trash. You know you put out trash, and you don't care. You're doing it for the clicks, likes, and views, 
Um, this is not me sympathizing for the Israeli Defense Force. This is me simply looking at it as an honest-to-God person that saw the violence and saw the bloodshed that was going on around the Shifa hospital. Guns were shooting back at the IDF. Therefore, Hamas was there. All right, Hostages were found. Therefore, Hamas was there. Hostages that were taking on October 7th were being shown on CCTV being drugged through the hospital. Hamas was there. All of this is irrefutable evidence that the Washington Post decided to leave out of their analysis to try to tell you that, you know, the IDF committed war crimes. And now it's being floundered around the internet like it's some smoking gun, when in fact, it is not. I hate to tell you, Washington Post, but that's poor journalism. I hope you all get treated just like the New York Times did. Wars chaotic, ladies and gentlemen. Wars chaotic, and honestly, I feel for those troops that are out there. They're now just—they're just now starting to rotate some of those folks off of the front line and move them back in. I know we've got a lot of U.S. troops that have been forward deployed over there for like quite some time. We've got strike carrier groups floating off. And while we're at it, if you're in one of those strike carrier groups or if you are in the military or if you're just a person looking for a great gift, I highly encourage you to check out Songfinch. Forget generic gifts that just create clutter. Let me recommend a gift that is truly as unique as your relationship, a professionally recorded song created just for them. Yes, really. Songfinch is the ultimate gift to show how much you care. An original studio quality song inspired by your story that's completely unique, personal, and it lasts forever. Songfinch walks you through a simple four-step process to create an original song. All you have to do is tell them about who the song is for, provide some personal details, and let them know the type of song you want. Then pick your favorite Songfinch artist or get matched with one, and they will pour their heart into writing and recording and producing your original song in just four to seven days. Special add-ons can help to commemorate the occasion even more, like a vinyl record of your song, one-of-a-kind art crafted from your lyrics, or adding your song to streaming services so you can more easily surprise your unsuspecting recipient. Songfinch is the only original music platform that guarantees that you'll love your song or they'll work with you until you do. They stand behind their community of over 1,000 artists and every original song they create, over 300,000 of them. Check out all of the reaction videos online and you'll see why Songfinch is the ultimate Gift. And now for a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song on Spotify for free so you can listen to your new favorite song anywhere you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I personally use Songfinch as a gift to my wife and she loved it. Listen to it. Now, she is a very unique lady, very, very unique. She likes a mix of music between. I mean, old school country all the way up to like present day hip hop, rap, you name it. She listens to it. She loves it. So I wanted to create a special song for her and they knocked it out the park. Her reaction was beautiful and she 
loved it, guys. She absolutely loved this song. It's easy to use, easy to do. And again, you get your song in no time at all. Perfect for a holiday gift, particularly for a service man or woman that is traveling overseas right now, in my opinion. So go to songfinch.com slash speak the truth and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free. That is a $50 value. All you have to do is go to songfinch.com forward slash speak the truth and start your song. After your purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free. Again, that is a $50 value. This offer is only available for my listeners at my special URL, songfinch.com forward slash speak the truth. That's songfinch.com forward slash speak the truth. And be sure to share your song with me. Thank you very much to Songfinch for sponsoring today's episode. Now, I'm going to not spend too much time on this next segment, but I just want to let you know there is a four minute video ish roughly that I'm not going to go through all of. But for some reason, the city of Long Beach, California, decided it would be a good idea to spend six hours, six hours of taxpayer dollars just to call for a ceasefire in Gaza. And they ended up letting tons of people go up and spit out their own rhetoric. And some of it, to be honest with you, was extremely inflammatory, Okay, extremely inflammatory and absolutely just they justified they allowed these people to go up there and justify the actions of what took place on october 7th i want you to listen to this lady as she comes up just as i do not condemn the struggle of my people fighting back against this imperialist military violence i will not condemn the palestinian people fighting against over 75 years of colonialism and genocide by any means necessary by any means necessary and again this meeting went on for six hours of people spewing their rhetoric by any means necessary that comes out of Hamas's charter basically means it's cool to kill civilians by any means necessary kill whoever you want and the city of Long Beach allowed it to happen if you live out there I highly suggest you go petition your freaking local government and tell them to stop the shenanigans all right Hezbollah going into Lebanon it is a very real deal now this gentleman is a spokesperson for Israel let's listen to what he has to say about Israel invading Lebanon Bola's systematic violations of UN Security Council resolution 1701 have rendered it effectively null and void after two and a half months of ignoring our warnings to desist and cease its aggression Hezbollah is now dragging Lebanon into an unnecessary war that would have devastating consequences for the Lebanese people The time is now for the international community to act for the full implementation of UN Security Council Resolution 1701 because we are determined to restore security based on that resolution pushing back Hezbollah. Unless and until a diplomatic solution is found and implemented, we will continue making the necessary preparations to remove that threat from our border. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, he references Resolution 1701. What it actually is, is Security Council Resolution 1701. And what it says is that Hezbollah essentially is not supposed to be south of the Latina River. All right, And what we're talking about is about a 20-kilometer buffer zone in between Israel and the river. 20 kilometers. And Hezbollah violated it. And so now Israel is saying, look, this Security Council Resolution, they're in violation of it. They shouldn't be there. And as long as they're there, we have a right to self-defense and we're going to go in and schwack them. We're going to knock them back to where they belong. Now, rhetoric in Israel's past hasn't stopped there. All right. We've seen officials that actually said that they will go into Beirut. All right. Now that's pretty far north to be perfectly honest. And I don't see them doing that. However, however, 
I do see them going in and beating the hell out of Hezbollah and pushing them back. Now, the question is going to be whether or not Hezbollah retreats behind that 20-kilometer zone and whether or not Israel continues to chase them to wipe them off the map because they know there's going to continue to be a threat in the future. And this isn't the only thing that's going on either. There has also been peace talks, excuse me, not peace talk, talks of hostage exchange that have been going on inside Egypt. Now, the leadership from Hamas is saying that for those hostage exchanges to take place, in order for the hostage exchanges to take place, that they have to stop fighting first, that there has to be a ceasefire before they even consider exchanging any hostages. Well, that's not going to happen. Israel's not going to go for that. So what's that mean? That means the war is going to continue. They can sit there in Egypt and they can spew as much rhetoric as they want, but the war is just going to rage on. And even after a temporary ceasefire, Israel is just going to continue to hammer on them. Now, this is something that Hamas should want. Hamas should want peace for the Palestinian people for a few days so that they can go get food. They can move about freely. They can take care of whatever it is that they need to take care of so that we can allow in a humanitarian assistance so that we can make all of those things happen in peace. But Hamas doesn't want that. No, they want to continue on to drag this fight out to be able to push and blame it on Israel. And then Hezbollah up in the north, guess what? Well, they would like this stuff to continue as well. They're looking for an excuse. Israel's going to cross that border. All right, some leaked information came out that said that they had already set a date to invade. And that date supposedly is January 4th. Now, we will see in the future whether or not that date holds true. It might be pushed now a week to two weeks because the information got leaked. But rest assured, Israel, you just heard it themselves, they're going to continue preparation. They're going to continue. And they will one day invade to solve that threat. If Israel wants peace, just because they knock out Hamas doesn't mean that they're going to get peace from Hezbollah. They're going to have to deal with that. Oh, by the way, they're also going to have to deal with the West Bank. So while I pull up on the screen and I go over here and show you, now this tweet ended up coming out from Megatron, but you can look it up wherever the hell you want. Um, It did, in fact, happen. Israel told the mediators time is running out for diplomatic solutions with Hezbollah. Officials in Washington fear war in Lebanon will require U.S. to be directly drawn into the conflict with Hezbollah. So... What does that look like? How does that war actually unfold with Hezbollah in the north? And what the hell would the U.S. involvement be with it to begin with? Well, honestly, if the U.S. is going to get involved, I do believe that those actions of Iran are going to play in part. So we now have China has been telling Iran to back off and to stop with all the madness, particularly in the Red Sea region. But Iran's not listening. Iran's continuing to push. And if Hezbollah continues to push and put pressure on Israel, guess what's going to happen? Israel is going to go into southern Lebanon to crush them. Now, the question is, is if Israel is going to back up Hezbollah militarily. If they do, the U.S. is likely to get directly involved. If Israel runs into any major road bumps or speed bumps as they're going through this, the U.S. is likely to get involved by providing air support directly to the Israeli troops. In order to do that, they're likely to have U.S. advisors on the ground with Israeli troops. Thus, we are being drawn into the war. So you can see it can escalate real quick, not to mention Hezbollah has an estimated 150,000 fighters. 150,000 fighters estimate for Hezbollah, and they're more well-funded. Talk to any IDF troop that actually fought against them in the past, and they will tell you they are way better fighters than Hamas that they are way better funded. They also have tunnel systems, but on top of that, they have more sophisticated weaponry, more equipment. So it's going to be a fight. That, my friends, is going to turn in the brunt of this conflict. It's not going to be the Gaza Strip. If Israel goes into Lebanon, rest assured, that fight with Hezbollah will be the brunt of the conflict, and you're going to see much more significant losses by IDF troops. But have no worry, because... The IRGC commander predicts divine victory for Hamas in the Gaza war. The commander-in-chief of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps has predicted divine intervention ensuring Iran-backed Hamas victory will win its war. Well, fuck, good for you, bud. 
good for you. I'm glad you feel like God is going to step in and help out everybody in the Gaza Strip, but it really doesn't look like that from this point. Okay, it looks like they're getting wiped off the face of the earth. Hamas is getting taken out. Whether you like it or not, bring it on, Iran. Bring it on. Now, with all of that being said, the Israelis have been striking pretty deep into uh, Lebanon with accusations that Israel is leveling towns, leveling all sorts of different things. I actually have a couple videos of these airstrikes for you. Uh, let's give them a watch. That's a pretty sexy one. Israel is just tearing up southern Lebanon. And by tearing up southern Lebanon, I mean, you can see they're doing very precise targets against um, any of the threats that are currently facing Israel. Here's another one. This is a result of an IDF airstrike in southern Lebanon. I got to mute it because I just can't listen to that BS music that they like to blast and play over top of it. But there you go. You look around. Obviously, an airstrike took place. Some building got leveled. There's a lot of rubble. That's a pretty deep hole right there in the ground. Likely a large, large bomb. And you can see a lot of the damage, the structures around it. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they dropped a 2,000 pounder over there, but who knows. But that car got tore up. Building got cracked. You can see fragments in all these walls. Okay. Collateral damage. And like I told you, Hamas is refusing a ceasefire. Big, big freaking surprise. So no hostage deal until a ceasefire comes. Now they're going to say Israel refused to have a ceasefire. Israel's refusing to get the hostages. When in reality, they violated their last ceasefire agreement. So why the hell would Israel agree to a ceasefire without the guarantee of any hostages? That's ridiculous. Now, interesting enough, here is this article. I have it pulled up. Israeli Golani Brigade withdrawing from Gaza after 60 days of heavy losses. Now, this article is very biased, okay, talking about heavy losses and that they are combat ineffective. In reality, what you're seeing is standard rotations of troops going back out of the Gaza Strip and going to get some rest to refit. It's a very standard practice of modern-day militaries to pull your troops off the front lines so they don't get too far fatigued and so they can get rested up. Now, the Galani Brigade, here's something else interesting. They're also kind of one of Israel's premier strike infantry units. Okay. With that being said, knowing that they're also tooling up to go into uh, Lebanon, could they be taking the Galani Brigade and sending them up north, pulling them out, giving them rest, refitting them, and being like, congratulations, now we're going to send you up to some tough fighting with Lebanon. It's possible. All right. But additionally, it's also possible that these guys and gals from the Galani Brigade were just rotated out to get some regular rest. They're not the only ones that have been rotated out. Lots of units, like there's lots of videos now. One of the videos I saw was actually Israeli troops walking across the freaking fence line back into Israel proper out of the Gaza Strip and singing songs and celebrating. Okay, so they're just doing regular troops rotation. If you guys hear this information, if you see things like this article right here, if you see articles like this, just know it's misinformation. It's like pro-pally propaganda that they're putting out in order to kind of like mislead you to think that the IDF is, is losing. When in fact, they're whipping the crap out of them. Guys, thank you for joining me on today's episode. I love every single one of you. I am going to be putting out more videos here in the frequent future. Next week, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break. I still have a great present for you guys that I'm thinking about posting on Christmas, either Christmas Day or the day after. I don't know. Christmas Day, the day after. I haven't decided yet, but I'll end up posting it next week for you guys. Peace, love, happiness, and God bless. I am out of here. Take care.